0: So the title for this message this morning is Remission of Sin. And uh, that's the most important thing because Adam, so long ago in the Garden of Eden, he brought upon mankind a very terrible thing. And this problem that we have today between us and God in our natural state is this thing called sin <clears throat> sin i need a drink so we're going to establish first of all where we stand today as believers in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ as it as it applies to remission of sin and then we're going to look at what is very commonly uh, in the Christianity world, gone to to see about remission of sin. And we're going to rightly divide the word of truth, and we're going to see a difference between prophecy and mystery, which is what we do here at St. Louis Bible Fellowship. We rightly divide the word of truth. Let's pray. Thank you dear Lord and heavenly Father, or your word that we have your truth that we have to study so that we can stand before you not in our own power but in the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we just praise your name every day in Jesus name we pray amen okay Romans chapter 3 I'm going to start at verse 24 it says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier. Of him which believeth in Jesus our position today when we believe in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ we stand in his righteousness before God our sins are remitted Paul says at this time for the remission of sins it's a done deal, it's already in the past, it's already happened. The Remission of sins has taken place. It's not something that's gonna happen in the future. There's no way we could stand in righteousness before God if this great problem of sin was still standing there in between us. It's been taken out of the way. At this time, he says, His righteousness on our behalf that's our position I wanted to make sure that we covered that right up front because I don't want anybody going away from here today thinking that as we look at what's happening or what happened during prophecy applies to us today okay so stay on top of this this is our position today our sins have the remission of sins has taken place already and if you as an individual believes in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is that he died on the cross for our sins, he made the only payment that was, that was satisfying to almighty God to pay for sin. That's the only payment that could possibly take care of it. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. That is finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that as an individual today, your sins have been remitted. That's done. There is no sin between you and God Almighty. It has not it has been taken out of the way. That's our position today. Now, at Saint Louis Bible Fellowship, we are very careful to rightly divide the word of truth. We want to make sure that the truth that God has for us today in this dispensation of the grace of God, that's what we apply. That's where we go for our truth. We're not going to go into prophecy and get all confused, right? We're not going to mix it up together, okay? Let's not search for the blessings of Israel to be applied to us because you know what goes along with those blessings? Far more curses. <laughs> That's a real good reason not to go there. Anyway, so, a little history on how this idea for this message came about. I have a good friend up in Northern Missouri. Diane and I ran a Bible camp for, up there for a while. <clears throat> and this guy is a preacher. He preaches on demand at various places, and he'll be an interim preacher at some place for quite a long time. One of these places where he's preaching, there's a problem with uh, a couple that is in the church that more or less like founded the church that are not living according to God's will. Okay, so he is struggling was what to do about this. And he made a statement. He says, you know, I'm going to be preaching on Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, that's where we're going to go next. So if you want to get ready and go there, we can go there. We have Ananias and Sapphira. And his statement was, I just wish... I couldn't believe he said this. I just wish that God would do today like he did to Ananias and Sapphira. You know, as we live our lives today, we tend to assign sins to this scale, right? And we say, you know, well, this is really bad, and this is not so bad. And most of the time, the things that that other person's doing, it's going to end up up here. And office. you know, we're going to put the. That's not the way it is, right? So it just it really set me back when my friend made that statement that he wished God brought judgment down right now on people. It was he thought it would make his situation easier, right? I am so thankful that I live in this day of grace to where I don't end up like Ananias and Sapphira. My sins, its a, it's, it's been remitted. It's been taken care of. The judgment has taken place already, right? So the story the account of Ananias and Sapphira, I'm gonna read a little bit, Acts chapter five. A certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and bought a certain and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostle's feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of a land? Whiles it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Judgment came just like that. Peter is standing, fulfilling his duty as being a judge of the 12 tribes of Israel. If we look in Matthew chapter 9, verse 28, we are on the grounds of prophecy. During the Lord's earthly ministry, this is prophecy of Him telling His apostles. They asked Him the history, a little history on this in 19, they asked him, what's it going to be like? What's the what's the kingdom? What's, the, what's going to happen? And G, verse 28 of 19, And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when a son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve tro- thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What did Peter say? Remember our account here that we're reading is Acts chapter 5. Chap- Acts is chronological order what did Peter say in Acts chapter 2 what did he tell the people he said this is that told by the prophet Joel it's its prophecy grounds they were fulfilling the things were happening to come into the fulfillment of prophecy Peter here in Acts chapter 5 as he's sitting and and he's in charge. And he's sitting as a judge, judging Israel. And when Ananias did this terrible thing, his judgment fell on Ananias. And the same thing to his wife, Sapphira. They carried him out dead and buried him. How could that happen? Well, it was a promise. According to prophecy. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12. My thing, so it's going to take me a little bit. Exodus chapter 12, verse 15. Part of the law. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, what's going to happen to him? That soul shall be cut off from Israel. What happened to Ananias and Sapphira? They were like really cut off, weren't they? They were carried out. They were dead. Exodus, oh, the same chapter, verse 19. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your house, for whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. There's a a reference relating to what we talked about downstairs, wasn't it? The stranger who believed and came in to, to God through Israel, Stranger is a Gentile, right? They were they were able to have some blessings. Whoa. What about the curse? Cut off. No longer able to partake. Uh, let's go to Exodus 31. Exodus 31. Praise God in the day of grace. Uh, what am I looking for? 14. Verse 14, Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth shall surely be put to death, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Oh, man. Leviticus chapter 7. chapter 7 verse 20 but the soul that eateth of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings that pertain unto the Lord having the, his uncleanliness upon him even that soul shall be cut off from his people they had very strict rules didn't they they were living under the law oh what a, a terrible thing be cut off Ananias and Sapphira were cut off from the people because of what because of their behavior well wait a minute Acts 5 let's see Acts 5 that's after Calvary yes that's after the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified buried and rose again He was even ascended back into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. Right? And here, these people's sins are judged upon him. What was their status, do we think? Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 44. So why were Ananias... And Sapphira selling their stuff and bringing it to there. Verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And we always want to be careful as we're studying God's word. We see this word church and all of a sudden we want to say, see, there's the church, the body of Christ right there. Acts chapter, no. This is just a Greek word, Ecclesia it is just a gathering. It's not describing the church, the body of Christ. It's the kingdom church. It's people who believed Jesus is Messiah. They're looking for the kingdom. Why did I go here? Because we have evidence that Ananias and Sapphira were not just somebody doing stuff, right? Why would you just... Do stuff. You have riches, right? Things are really terrible. Why would you sell your stuff if there was not a belief? Above that, we have the words of God who say, and all that believed were together. So if you were in, according to God, if you were in this group who sold your stuff and gathered together, got right here in verse, 44, it says that they believed. So I'm saying Ananias and Sapphira, they had belief. They believed that Jesus was Messiah. What happened to their sins? They were judged for their sins. When they sinned, they were judged like that. They were cut off from the people. Does that sound like our position today? Not at all, our sins have been remitted based on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ananias and Sapphira were alive after Calvary. That had already taken place. That truth of the mystery was not revealed at this time. It was still hid in God, not in the words of God, not for us to search out and say, oh, see, it was hid in God. The mystery had not yet been revealed. They were culpable for their sin and they were judged for it and they were cut off and carried out. Oh, praise God, I live in a dispensation of the grace of God and my sin has been remitted based on the finished work Of the Lord Jesus Christ not based on anything I do so what was going on just before this just before Acts 5 we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 36 Peter speaking this is the great Pentecost where many of Christendom goes to say that this is where the church, the body of Christ began. Let's look at the details and see what God's word says. Are these the details, the same, or different that we read in the writings of the Apostle Paul. Verse 36, chapter two. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Here's Peter standing before them. He is the prosecutor. He's telling them what they did. He had a whole history lesson first. He got them to agree with him. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Our fathers and all that, that, they've agreed with all his history. Now he's turned to the prosecutor and he says, whom ye have crucified, God made both Lord and Christ. He was your Messiah. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What should we do? Man, we really messed up. Your history was all correct. We believe you. He he must have really been Messiah. What should we do? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the power of the holy ghost does that sound like the gospel that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 believe on the lord Jesus Christ There's a difference, isn't there? There's works involved. There's water involved. And this is water baptism. Why why was Israel to be water baptized? What was their job? They're going to be a nation of priests. All the world was to be saved through the gospel of the kingdom, which Israel was going to take to the world. Of course, they failed their test, didn't they? And that's what this Acts is talking about. As we go through Acts, it's chronological, and it's detailing the failure of Israel to fulfill prophecy. And now we are living in the dispensation of the grace of God. Praise the Lord, my sins have been remitted. Acts chapter 3. Now we're going to get to something really cool. Acts chapter 3 Peter is still preaching I'm not for sure if this is another day just it's right close it's the same place He goes through history again verse 12 Oh there was a, there was a great healing and people were all amazed What was healing's about What was where, was what where do we tie healing's with Prophecy When Jesus came, we go to Isaiah and see what they prophesied about Messiah. He was going to to, uh, heal the lame, make the blind to see. He did all that. And here it is. The apostles are taking over. They have this power and it's happening. Verse 12. And the people were all amazed because this lame man was healed. Verse 12. And when Peter saw it, that they were amazed, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Don't you know your prophecy? <laughs> ye at this, why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered, he's turned into the prosecutor again, and delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. You guys, Pilate was gonna let him go, and you demanded that he die. Ye denied the Holy One, verse 14, and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, wherefore we are witnesses. Oh, here's the bad news, you killed him. Oh, let's have some good news. He, God raised him from the dead, and we saw it. We are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. What man? The lame man that was just healed, and they were all amazed, man. Which ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness, in the presence of you all. It's all about God here. He's healed in the power of God. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Now we're gonna we're coming into a section here where the prosecutor is laying blame, right? There's sin that happened. And I have heard before that this section that we're gonna look at is speaking of national sin of Israel. Israel is treated as a whole. That they sinned against God. I'm not seeing it that way. I'm seeing that there is the national sin of Israel as a nation and then they are going to be set aside. But there's individuals involved in this description as we go through here. And here's the first one. Verse 17. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance, ye did it, ye did it, you individuals, you did it, did also your rulers. I think there's a dual prosecution taking place here. There was not only just the individual saying, crucify him, crucify him. The rulers let it happen and said do it and allowed it. But those, verse 18, but those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Boy, that's a very interesting phrase. By the mouth of all his prophets. What is that? Prophecy. We're on prophecy ground. Here we are, Acts chapter 3, after where people say, oh, this is the church, the body of Christ. No, it's not. This is all prophecy. This is... Prophecy. That Christ should suffer was part of prophecy. That he should die was part of that's not mystery. That's not mystery. Now here this verse is so cool as to remission of sins. Verse 19. Repent. Well, there's that, just like we read in verse two, uh, chapter two: "Repent, ye, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out." All right, remission of sins. Wait a minute, that's just a comma. Sins may be blotted out when the times of repentance shall come from the presence of the Lord. So we have more details added to what peter said in acts chapter 2 when he said repent and be baptized for remission of sins we have a time element here now added that your sins shall be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the lord now what does that mean does that can we spiritualize this can we say well the presence of the lord he's He lives. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. Is that what it's talking about? Can we spiritualize that? I think we better not. I think we better rightly divide and make sure that we are separating prophecy from mystery. And it goes on and it's specific to what this is talking about. Shall come from the presence of the Lord. So their sins are not remitted Until the times of refreshing come, and that's from the presence of the Lord. Hmm, is that the same or is that different from the remission of our sins? It's very different, isn't it? It hasn't even happened yet for them. Their sins have not been remitted. That's why Ananias and Sapphira could be judged right there. Even if the evidence shows that they believed, which they joined together with them, they sold their stuff, God's word says that all of them that believed did that. Even if they believed, their sins had not yet been remitted. 20, and he shall send, he, capital, that's God, shall send Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken here's that phrase again by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began so what can that possibly referring to could that possibly be referring to something connected to mystery truth the phrase is here by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the the world began. That's prophecy. This event cannot be mystery if God's word is true. If it was hid in God and not revealed until we read it in the Apostle Paul. It couldn't be, this, this description could not be talking about what is called the rapture, the catching away. Because that was a mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery, Paul says. This is either, and I'm not for sure. <laughs> you guys study it and see, you can get to tell me what you think. This is either when the Lord returns and sets up his kingdom, his thousand-year rule, The times of refreshing, oft times it seems like that's what it's talking about. But it also talks about the restitution of all things. When is that? That's Ephesians refers to it as dispensation of the fullness of times, when all things are brought together and made perfect. You know, during the earthly kingdom. There will be death. There will be people going into the kingdom that are Gentiles that are not believed. There will be people born during the kingdom on earth the thousand year rule. I don't know that and at the end of it in Revelation we read that Satan is loosed for a season and he's able to raise an army and have a rebellion against God. So the, the, the uh, fight, the war between good and evil, between God and Satan, it has not been put totally to rest during the millennial kingdom. So I lean towards, and I could be wrong, that this restitution of all things is after the millennial kingdom, when we have the dispensation of the fullness of times. That's just like a throw that out there for you. You guys study it out and see what you think. It's a good homework assignment, right? 50 words or less, and turn it in next week. And also in that verse 21, it has that phrase, spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So we know it is definitely speaking of prophecy. So their sins during this time when people are believing this is after the cross. They are believing that Jesus is Messiah. They're looking forward to the kingdom of heaven on earth. According to what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, their sins have not been remitted. According to God's word, it says here in chapter 3, verse 19 Repent ye, that you may be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Their sins are not blotted out when they believe. Their sin is still a problem, even after the cross. A, a huge difference in the house rule. A huge difference in the way God is dealing with man at this time where he is dealing with man today in grace. When we simply believe and trust in that finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he makes it possible for that promise that we talked about in Sunday school class. The promise of eternal life. Which we have through Jesus Christ. And his finished work. We believe on that, and we trust in it. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Well, we better start at 12. Verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. There's a difference in our standing before God as believers in this dispensation of the grace of God. When we trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, this gospel of your salvation is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again. You heard it, you believed it, you trust it and you are sealed by that Holy Spirit. There's no way that you can break the seal of the Holy Spirit. We can't do a behavior that will make us lose our salvation. Now, how often have I heard some say, yeah, but now you tell people that and they're going to go out and do everything they want to do? Well, I can only say what God's Word says. We can also go to Romans chapter 6 where it says, should I go on sinning so that grace may abound? God forbid, banish the thought. No, you would missed the point. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. If we're gonna be about truth, we have to tell truth according to God's Word. The truth is, When you believe, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Not until you mess up. Not until you lie to God. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. He is our security. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4. but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. Did we have to clean ourselves up to be saved? It doesn't say that. It says when we were still dead in sins, when we believed, He saves us by his grace. We can't earn it. We can't do anything that's going to make him say, oh, that's good enough. Now you can be saved. No, we trust in that finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6, And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's only one way We could be seated in the heavens with Christ. There can't be sin there. There cannot be that great problem that Adam caused of that sin between us and Almighty God that has to have been taken care of, and it was. And we simply believe, and he gives us his grace and eternal life, that promise that was made before the world began, the promise of eternal life. So our our remission of sins in this wonderful day of grace for the believer is different than the remission of sins under the law. And I praise the Lord for his matchless grace. Let's pray. Thank you, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, for your matchless grace. We thank you That you looked down on us and saved us by your finished work. There's no way we can do anything that will make it. Only through Jesus Christ can we have that promise of eternal life. And we praise your name for that. We pray that you will give us opportunity and strength to tell all that we know that there is hope, that there is eternal life, even in this day of living in a lost and dying world. We praise your name for that truth. We ask that you guide and direct us through this week, and uh, just praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.